This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. So, last night was, was Monday Night Raw, and... Look, all right, so I, I always come out of these things just asking for one thing. I ask WWE to give me something newsworthy. Give me something to talk about, whether it's controversial, whether it's awesome, whether it's bad, this, that, and the other thing. They delivered last night. There was one constant question that was running through my mind while watching Monday Night Raw last night, and it was pretty simply... What was the point of that? And that's not a criticism. That's me genuinely asking, what was the point of what I just saw? What was the point of what has unfolded over the last several months? I sure as hell hope SP3 has the answers because I don't. I have sat, I have slept on it, I have thought about it all day, and there are just some things that happened last night that I cannot fathomably explain and i hope sp3 is here he is the main man he is the main analyst he is the voice of reason he always has his vince hat on this is why i brought him on board to help me make sense of the senseless sp3 why why did judgment day turn on edge last night what why did that happen you see <laughs> You see, what happened was, um, <laughs> Damian Priest has beaten Finn Balor in a singles match. Yes, he has. Uh, since Judgment Day has become in existence, Judgment oh. Day has, uh, you know, defeated as a whole as a, as a three person trio at Backlash. They beat Finn Balor, AJ Styles, Liv Morgan, with Finn Balor taking the pinfall loss. Yes. And the very next night, the two people that have had their career turned around by Edge decided to turn on him in favor of this loser. This loser. This loser. I'm not I'm not calling Finn Balor a loser. I think he's a very talented individual and one of the best in-ring workers in the entire company. It's but the how they have booked him. Since yes, losing okay. the United States Championship in in April, he has been nothing short of a loser. And that, too, Judgment Day decided to favor as their leader. Not, not, he, not him just joining the group, which I, I told you. I told you and I tried to tell you and Jeremy when you both were like, oh, yeah, I think it'd be a good idea if I'm about to enjoy Judgment Day. In retrospect, like, to be I, fair, I, like, I changed my mind. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. I, but I tried to say from the very beginning that it wouldn't make sense for Finn Balor to join Judgment Day just off a whim. It did make sense. That's not how they first approached the segment that Finn yes. Balor lost the night prior. They were going to welcome him into Judgment Day. But you just even further convolute something that didn't make sense at first, but it kind of made sense with the way they introduced the segment. For Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley to turn on Edge, WWE Hall of Famer, the night after they won as a trio, this is this is the worst thing WWE has done to a stable <laughs> since they made CM Punk the leader of Nexus. D Damian Priest last night said, and I quote, we got to drop the last thing holding us back which is you, the guy who put us together, the guy who brought us together just two months ago. This stable has not been around long at all. From a storyline standpoint, this makes no sense. From a logistical standpoint, this makes no sense. Before we dive into any of this, I do want to say thank you to, to Delwin and Safet and Ace and Queen and everybody else who's in the chat. Uh, you know, Hypnosis Bro, I believe you're new. I, I haven't seen you up here before, so thank you for, for chiming in. We appreciate you guys. Get your comments in uh, as uh, much as possible. Yes, Finn Balor said he was talking to Damian. We get all that, but it still does not make sense. The way they laid it out, 
for this to go down the way that it did. Before we get any further, got to thank our partners over at Bet Online, the continued number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, developments, including this year's NBA Finals, Conference Finals, and the NHL. Boy, the Avalanche laid it on the Oilers this uh, this go around, so they're back in the Stanley Cup Finals. Major League Baseball's going on. They got all the fighting news, early uh, season, uh, early futures for next season in the NFL. Head on over to the website. Use our mobile device. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. I said 50% or 50 cent. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That is B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. And we're going to spend a decent amount of time here today talking about the, 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 the decision, the actual decision that somebody on top of WWE Creative made last night and said, yeah, that works. That's cool. That's fine. There's a lot of layers to pull back here. And I, I think the 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 first one, for, first and foremost, is the storyline angle of Damian Priest saying we have to get rid of the guy who's holding us back. And then pointing to Edge. And I will sit here and I go, I will go, okay. I kind of understand that. Kind of. I'll play devil's advocate here because if you think about it, the only reason why Edge has won any matches over the last couple of months has been because of Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley. So I can kind of understand it from that point. But what you said, you hit the nail on the head. You hit the home run. Finn Balor, not the man, not the wrestler. I'm talking about the character that has been booked, has been a perennial loser pretty much since he had to drop the Universal Championship. When he's been on the main roster, since he had to drop the Universal title in what, 2016? Like, yeah. he, 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 he had a nice run in 2019 as Intercontinental Champion, but I know this is this is the stat that, that is just makes it even more glary. And this is the new leader of Judgment Day. Rick, did you know that Finn Balor has not won on a WWE premium live event since getting called back up to the main roster? It makes no sense. <laughs> it makes no, no ungodly sense. And from a timing standpoint, right? Like this group's been together for two months for two months they were just getting going they weren't even done with their first feud yet and wwe is like uh well uh, we need babyface edge back so let's let's take this this idea which was edge's baby right i know this because three days ago four days ago i talked to damian priest he said edge called him up said look i want to start this thing it's going to be me you and Rhea Ripley, and we're going to own ass in WWE. This was Edge's baby. And they basically just took Edge's baby just as it was finally learning to walk, right? It's been a little bit of a rocky road. They The, the pieces were there. It hasn't all clicked yet. Uh, it's had great moments. The in-ring has been fine. The promos are starting to come together. They're finding to, they're starting to hit their groove. And WWE goes, up, oh, hold on, timeout. We're actually going to take Edge away from this now, but don't worry, you guys can have Finn Balor. Why? Because Cody Rhodes got hurt? That's that's the only thing that I can possibly think of is that they're like, okay, Cody got hurt. We need a new top baby face. Let's, let's, let's push the abort button on this Edge heel turn and let's just... Let's go back to playing the hits with Edge. Let's give him Metalingus back. We'll have him run around and jump on the stage and high-five every... For what? The feud this with Seth Rollins hair. again? This, this the feud with Roman his... Reigns again? He's, He's got his hair for this. back on the Greatest Hits Tour when he was finally getting to do something new for the first time in 11 years? When the obvious choice was right in front of you. Seth Rollins was the obvious choice maybe don't have him attack don't have him attack cody rhodes with a sledgehammer again last night we'll get to that finn balor would have been an excellent choice as your top baby face if you would have actually pushed him aj styles would have been an excellent choice to slot in there as the time what are we going to get now are we going to get Edge and AJ Styles teaming up now against the judgment day because you can't just have Edge move on to something else he just got his ass whooped by his babies he's gonna come back and, and rule ass now or he's gonna look like a total punk none of this makes sense 
from a storyline, from a booking standpoint. What this was, was laziness at its finest. They said, and instead of maybe even trying to build somebody else up, elevate somebody, give somebody else a shot, which is something else we're going to talk about coming up here soon. They just decide, oh, well, Edge is established. People will cheer for him if he's a baby face again. Let's just do this. Let's just do this. And, and don't get me wrong. This would have been good if they just would have took their time. Yes. Like, they didn't need to do this so abruptly to make it, it not was make sense. And a half. Like, like I, I like the whole, you know, trying to take over a group from within. But you had someone, who was it earlier, that said, the, oh, Finn Balor said he was talking to Damian Priest. So one conversation, one freaking conversation is enough to turn on your mentor? Turn on the guy that turned your career around. Ben Balor really? is a silver tongue devil, man. <laughs> Come on. And I know the people, there's people that want to look at this optimistically and like, oh, you know, even I'm it, not it, looking it, at this it, optimistically. It didn't, it didn't make sense, but at least Finn Balor, you know, he's a heel again. I'm sorry. And that's, and that's Kyle's I, point. Kyle says, I love Finn Balor I, as a heel again. I'm, and I understand I'm, that. And I'm, with I'm you. sorry. I'm sorry. I hate to be the person to say this, but that hasn't worked. It hasn't worked in this company. Finn Balor, Prince Devitt, Prince, no, in, in, do you not remember his NXT run when he tried, when he turned heel and it only lasted three months because he started cutting these insider promos and trying to be cool. And it just got him over as a baby face again. This doesn't work in this company. The stuff that he did in New Japan Pro Wrestling that made him the top heel there as a leader of the Bullet Club, as Prince Devitt, it doesn't work in this company. It just gets you more over and makes you a cool heel, which in when layman's term means fans are going to cheer you. It hasn't worked yet. Like I, I know you want to, you guys want to look at this optimistic. Oh, you know, Finn's got a got an opportunity here, and you know, and this is why I compare it to CM Punk in Nexus. It was great to have CM Punk off of the commentary table and back in a in an important role, and it was great to have CM Punk feud with John Cena. But him as the leader of Nexus did not work because Nexus, the idea of Nexus, wasn't his. He's yeah. a great leader of a group when it's the straight as society, not when it's Nexus. It did not work. That's why this is comparable to this, because this is not Finn Balor. This is not the Bullet Club. This is not his idea. This no. is not what would work for him. But this is people. People were just so into, oh, you know, Finn needs something. He needs to turn heel because that's the only way uh, this company apparently knows how to make someone important again is turn them heel. But Finn, this Finn Balor right now no could sense. be Finn Balor right now could be the biggest person in this company if they had him beat Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules last year. That cr I was there. That crowd wanted it. It was the perfect time to do it, to pull the trigger, to give Finn Balor his opportunity. And you literally cut the floor out from under him. And here's why I'm not optimistic. I have been very optimistic about Judgment Day from the start because this he group, has. this group was bulletproof. This group was absolutely bulletproof. They were going to get every single positively chance out there to succeed they were going to get time they were going to get major matches they were going to get huge booking why because of edge edge was the bulletproof piece edge was the guaranteed damian priest and rhea ripley have now been elevated up on this card it was all edge that's why they were going to get the chance to succeed as much time as humanly possible they don't have that anymore and even though, yes, collectively, Damon Priest, Rhea Ripley, and, and, and Finn Balor together as a group from a talent standpoint, I love it. I do. I really do. In a bubble, if you had put those three in a group from the start, I would slam dunk. I would have been all for that. But I don't have faith in the company to elevate this group and continue to give this group all of those perks that they were going to get with Edge with Finn Balor as the head. I just don't. I don't. You know what's going to happen? They're going to come back and they're going to feud at when Edge is ready to come back after his injury because he got concertoed, so they have to write him off for at least a week, I would think. 
Last time he got concertoed, he was gone for months. So Edge is going to take some time off. He'll come back. And guess what? Edge is then going to go over on his on his babies. He's going to come back and he's going to beat this new Judgment Day. By the way, you want to know how quickly this was put together last night? They still had Edge's damn music in the main event after Rhea Ripley had won last night. Rhea Ripley had her nameplate still had Edge's logo in it when she came out for the main event. I like, guarantee you this, this is call so... was made last night like at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. This is so haphazardly put together. It's not even funny. My man Edge turned in March. It's June. <laughs> it's only June. Like you couldn't, you couldn't do like, like you know, I, and you know, we don't like to compare and contrast things, but you couldn't do the MJF in the inner circle thing. What, what people thought that angle was gonna lead to was MJF taking over inner circle. Why couldn't you just do that with Balor? Have Balor join the group, and then he's having these conversations, hey, not conversation, hey. conversations over time with Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley. Have Rhea Ripley beat Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank. Have yeah. Priest and Balor win the tag team titles, and then they're like, you know what's been holding us back? You, you and then turn on edge. Yes. That would have made sense. They hit the panic button. They hit the panic button and looked at the timing of things and went, okay, whatever we have for Cody Rhodes after SummerSlam, we got to set edge up for. So at SummerSlam and, and, you know, hypnosis, bro, could this lead to edge and Beth versus Finn and Rhea at SummerSlam? Maybe possibly you still got Liv Morgan and AJ Styles who are, who are part of this. I would assume in some way, shape or form, we did not see AJ Styles last night. Uh, we did see Liv Morgan perform, but she showed really no kind of interest in this storyline at she all. She came out all smiles, yeah. all smiles. She had Again. no, no conflicted feelings on her former tag team partner and Beliv club mate. Giving her the two sweet every yeah. week. Rip, yeah, no rip issues to the, with him. Riptide to the Believe Club. That is uh that is over and done with. I mean, this was all WWE hitting the panic button, and they didn't have to do it. They didn't have to do it. They had several options on the table to replace Cody Rhodes as a top-level babyface. Cody Rhodes getting injured should not have derailed the judgment day. Again, a group that was set up as his baby and they plucked his baby away from him they called child services and said nah you're no longer fit to lead this to raise these children you are out we are handing him over to finn balor <sighs> to make a baseball analogy my good friend josh marrero said uh going from edge to finn balor is like going from the yankees to the orioles seriously it is it is good. That's it very, is. Very good. It, it, it legitimately is. There, there. Again, I think there were so many better options on the table to do this, and I, I do. I think the people I feel most bad for, right? And I go back to something that Damian Priest told me, which, by the way, you could still watch that interview. Uh, it's it's burnt to a crisp now, but it was still a fun conversation with with Damian Priest. That's up there. You you can watch it right now on the exclusive interview section here on Believe in Pro Wrestling. Um, also available wherever podcasts are available. Pound the thumbs up button, pound the subscribe button. We appreciate you guys. Um, I go back to what Damian Priest said. He was like, "Look, man, like this, we're 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 living the we're living the damn dream. You know, we're out there and we're killing it. And Edge called us, and you know, this is elevating us. And all of it's now on 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 me and Rhea because Edge is going to be Edge tomorrow, and Edge is going to be Edge tomorrow. The second they bring Edge back, the only thing he's going to be missing." is his long ass hair, which will grow back sooner rather than later. He's going to have metalingus. He's going to be running around. He's going to get those massive pops. He's going to be playing the hits like he was for the last two years. And that's fine. That's great. I love edge. We all love babyface edge. That's cool. I was excited to see him dive into something different, which is where I'm hurt on this, but I'm upset for Rhea Ripley and Damian priest because their extremely bright future alongside of Edge now now has a really huge dark cloud hanging over it, and it's on WWE to make it right for them because they do have two incredibly, incredibly talented people that they can build around and make future stars out of. Am I optimistic that that's going to happen? 
maybe maybe not but it all depends on the booking of one of those stars which we will get to here in just a moment i do have a silver lining yes edge won't be talking from a mountain of omnipotence anymore he'll be we don't have to say that word again exactly but he'll be talking (laughs) from a mountain of humility when he apologizes (laughs) to the fans and to aj styles uh, I do want to uh, make an apology uh, from our end for anybody and everybody who had um, uh, registered to win the tickets to Money in the Bank. Uh, I made the announcement on my social media that uh, we lost those tickets uh, due to the venue change. Sorry, nothing we could do about it. So if you were looking forward to winning that contest, I do apologize, especially if you maybe had were already planning on being in Vegas uh, next month. But. We have done our best to make good as much as a make good can make good. We are rolling our big summer giveaway one more month. And our giveaway is now to BAM SummerSlam. We are giving away two tickets to SummerSlam in Nashville. So all my Midwestern folk, that is a much easier drive to get to Nashville, Tennessee than it is to Las Vegas, Nevada. And it is a much bigger venue there at Nissan Stadium. And you know what? You're going to see a hell of a card. I am sure at SummerSlam, I will be there. We are going to help you get in the door. If you want to get to Nashville, we're not going to, you know, do any of the travel or, or hotel. We don't have that kind of budget, but we do have two tickets. You get to Nashville. We'll get you in the door. All you have to do is go to my Twitter page at Rick Uchino. It is right there. You will see this pinned tweet retweet it and then make sure you are subscribed to the believe in pressing youtube channel that's it you're registered you're registered and money in the bank weekend we will select our winner you'll know a month in advance and you'll have plenty of time to make your travel plans to get to nashville oh also by the way if you did register for the money in the bank giveaway you are automatically registered for the SummerSlam uh giveaway as well because we are those kind of people we like to take care of y'all so apologies for all the mix-ups and everything but you can win SummerSlam tickets right now. Go to my Twitter page, at Ricky Chino. Check out the pinned tweet. Retweet, subscribe, and uh, yeah, all's good. And we're going to make our selection uh, money in the bank weekend. Let's dive into everything else on Monday Night Raw last night. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, so Rhea Ripley had a busy night last night. Not only did she help her cohorts in the new Judgment Day, the new Judgment Day. Jesus, it's too much. Judgment old. Judgment Day 2000. Judgment Day 2.0. Uh, Judgment Day 2.0. Uh, not only did she help her cohorts there, but she competed in the main event last night. Women getting a lot of main events re- recently. Can't complain about that. Fun little fatal four-way. Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, and Drop. Winner gets Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank. And the winner was last night, Rhea Ripley which means we're getting Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank. I cannot be mad about that. Or can I? I'll ask you the question, SP3. Did WWE make the right call in booking Rhea Ripley to challenge Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank? Yes. When they booked that Fatal 4-Way, I think that she was the most reasonable option because she's been probably the number two heel on the female side of things behind Becky Lynch uh, since her heel turn at, uh, you know, over Liv Morgan prior to her joining Judgment Day at WrestleMania Backlash. Would I, if the question was, would I have done this match now? No. But as far as WWE making this, it was the right call because Dewdrop versus Bianca Belair has been exhausted before Bianca even had the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Bianca versus Alexa, I think it's too soon to put Bianca against a babyface. I wouldn't want that if she's going to have a long run with the Raw Women's Championship. I would want that, you know, further down the line during her reign. Uh, babyface versus babyface matchup, you know, similar to Liv Morgan. That would be my same reasoning. That's another reason why I wouldn't have Liv Morgan win just here, maybe down the line. That's another match that you can go to. But Rhea Ripley was the best decision, especially for last night, because for her to start off this new Judgment Day, Judgment Day 2000, Judgment Day 2.0 with a loss, that would have been detrimental to getting this this new group on the right foot they needed that victory they needed to stand tall at the end of the night so it was the right decision and honestly it might be the right call to have Rhea Ripley win the title because that's the only way 
I will have any type of faith with this new Judgment and, Day. And that is, is exactly, and that is exactly why WWE did not make the right call last night because Rhea ain't winning that match. She's not winning that match. You want to know why? It's because WWE wants to do Becky and Bianca 4,000 at SummerSlam. So no, this was not the right time because Rhea Ripley should be challenging Bianca Belair and beating her for the Raw Women's Championship. And that should be happening either at SummerSlam or at the big UK show in Cardiff. That is when it should happen because there's no way in hell Rhea should be taking this loss just for the same reason that you said, because if I'm going to have any faith whatsoever that this group is going to succeed post-edge, they got to win, and they got to win big matches. And I don't care. I believe it was Queen who said, you know, I'm convinced there's no way that Edge or maybe even Beth Phoenix doesn't play a part. I, I would say throw Liv Morgan in there still too as well because she's involved in this. Even if it's a screwed up, fluky finish, that still doesn't do them any good. That doesn't do Rhea Ripley any good. If you're going to do Becky and Bianca again, that should have been the match at Money in the Bank. That would go ahead, rip the Band-Aid off, get it done. It's still a big show in Las Vegas, even though it ain't happening at Allegiant Stadium anymore. Becky Lynch does not need to be in this title picture anymore. She just doesn't. I would, I want, I would, my hope would be that if they're going to have her in any title picture, it's either over in SmackDown in the at women's title picture where they desperately need credible contenders for a world championship to go up against Ronda Rousey. That would be the way I might build towards SummerSlam for Becky anyway or build the entire women's tag team tournament around her. Becky was so hungry for gold, she had a 24-7 title match last night. It kind of fits her character that she's trying to find any championship she can get her hand on. We'll talk about Becky and the 24-7 title coming up here in a minute. It does not make sense for Rhea Ripley to get this title shot right now because she ain't winning. And until she's going to win it, she should not be challenging Bianca Belair. So I would have booked Becky Lynch and Bianca at money in the bank have bianca come out on top there then you could have had Rhea win money in the bank or you could have had somebody else win money in the bank and have Rhea challenge and win at either SummerSlam. it's not the right time for me it wasn't the right time because she ain't winning if you believe the report she ain't winning because they want to do bianca and becky at SummerSlam. that whole timing does not make any sense to me i would have flipped it around but that's just me personally uh going back uh to becky lynch uh she did lose a 24-7 a title match last night, uh, albeit thanks to Asuka. Asuka got involved, held down Becky's leg, Dana Brooke Pender. So if you want to boil it down to, to, its, to its basic form, Becky Lynch lost a 24-7 title match to Dana Brooke last night. I will ask you, SB3, is that hurtful or harmless? I'm somewhere in the middle, uh, but I would lean more to harmless because i would think at this point becky lynch is close to teflon she's not seth rollins teflon but she does sleep with the man so maybe she's got <laughs> stuff maybe that could be transmitted in different ways uh but yeah i can understand the people that think it's hurtful because anyone who has been involved in any 24 7 uh title feud or gimmick other than bad bunny has as They've been lower. They're looked at as a lower star. Jeff Hardy, uh, Elias. We still people still don't get into him, and he's got a whole new persona. Like, and yeah, you you basically lower yourself by getting involved in the twenty four seven title match. So I understand the people that are like, oh, Becky probably wanted this to give Dana Brooke a good match and a good win over her. That's all fine and dandy. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't make her look any better or keep her at the same level that she was before. Now the Oscar and Becky Lynch feud is lower in my eyes than it should be because they've been involved with the 24-7 title division. Yeah, and so last night, right? Because this is one of those things that I slept on, and I would have been um, definitely more on the hurtful side of things when this first went down. Because, hell, when, when Sean Rossap, who tweets out the Raw plans on Fightful Select, when he tweeted out, there is a surprising 24-7 title match, I'm like, oh, sweet, tap-dancing Jesus, no. 
because my dumbass had forgot that Dana Brooke wasn't even the champion at that point. Because that's how much I pay attention to the 24-7 title scene. I forgot that Tozawa was the champion. So I'm sitting there going, they are not going to have Dana Brooke fight Becky Lynch for the, for the 24-7 title. And that's exactly what they freaking did. They even got the title off of freaking Tozawa to put it on Dana Brooke so Becky Lynch could challenge for the 24-7 title. Now, having slept on this, this is basically harmless. It is. It's basically harmless because had they just come out and they had booked Becky Lynch is challenging for the 24-7 championship, I would have had a problem with that because there is a perception around the 24-7 title. And yeah, it's, look, no one cares about this thing. No one cares about this thing. It is a comedy championship. It is beneath certain superstars. And I'm not going to say that it's, and I, I don't mean that in like a, a, a malicious way. What I'm because if you look at people like Dana Brooke and Tazawa and R Truth and Reggie, they're all very, very talented. But this 24 7 title, it's been their meal ticket. It's gotten them on television, it's gotten them primetime segments. But it, it's nothing that anybody's going to take seriously. And it is beneath those, those superstars who have been booked higher than that. You should not be like Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy said this on the, the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy podcast with John Alba. He said, look, I felt very beneath me. All right. So people understand it is great that, that Dana Brooke has found something that has gotten her on television every single week. That works for her. It's great for our truth. It's great for Tazawa. Gets them on TV. It's their meal ticket. Keeps them a job. Their booking has not been anywhere close to the superstar level that Becky Lynch is. So if Becky Lynch had just come in and now all of a sudden she's in the 24-7 title picture, I would have had an issue with that because she is far and away better. Had they booked Becky Lynch in the 24-7 title picture, had it existed in early 2016, I would have seen that as progress because at least she was on television before her big run at the end. Or excuse me, not 2016, I mean 2018, when she couldn't buy her way onto TV in 2018 before SummerSlam that year. But the fact that this was just a match that got interfered with and that pissed off Becky and she said, look, nobody's winning any damn title matches when I'm involved unless it's me. So put that hunk of junk on the line and let's go. And if anybody touches me, I'm going to punch your damn face off. And then they did that. And then Oscar got involved. Okay. That that's at least fits the Becky Lynch storyline of she's gold hungry. I want I had a championship. I want a championship. I don't give a damn what it is at this point. So that fit it. This is basically harmless. It gave Dana Brooke a win last night. I don't need to see Becky Lynch chasing after the 24 seven championship next week. They didn't do any of that BS. It wasn't. She was trying to chase Dana Brooke down. No, she just got screwed over by Oscar again. It's going to continue that feud. I'll tell you what it did do last night. It got people talk about the 24-7 championship, and it got people excited. The only booking I think I would have liked last night is if Becky actually won that thing and then immediately chucked it in the dumpster. I think that would have been fantastic booking uh, last night if, like, Becky had won that thing and then she just goes, why the hell did I just, why did I do that? I don't want this damn thing. Chucks it in a dumpster. Our truth holds it up as he pops out of the dumpster because he was hiding for something. And then he's like, I got my baby back. And he runs off with it. We never see it again. I think that would have been the best booking last night if you're going to book that. But at the end of the day, I think it was mostly, mostly harmless. Let's go from the misses to the mister. And no, I'm not talking about Miz and misses. I'm talking about Seth Rollins last night. And what was a fantastic, absolutely fantastic opening segment. Rollins and Cody Rhodes and Cody Rhodes, man, he's talking about why he decided to, to go out there and, and do it. And, you know, the crowd is cheering for him and he's getting emotional because that's what Cody Rhodes does. He's doing that whole oh, oh, just fighting away. Nobody, nobody almost cries like Cody Rhodes. It's so good. He's so damn good at it. I can't even tell if he's like legitimate or if he just turns on the waterworks, but that, that you do it really well. That little you know, like I'm fighting it back. Did it really well. Tugs at my heartstrings every time he does it. Even though he does it like every damn week. It, he, it gets me every time. I can't help it. And then Seth Rollins comes out. And I last night was so excited when that segment ended because Rollins came out and he said, look, I still don't like you. I respect you, though, for what you put yourself through and what you've done. Let's shake hands and call it a day. We don't like each other, but we respect each other and we're done. 
And like an hour before Raw last night, I tweeted out that I that's exactly what I wanted to see happen to start the Seth Rollins babyface turn. And then as soon as Rollins walked back and Cody was waving goodbye as he's going to do his surgery and this, that, and the other thing, I tweeted out, thank you very much, which turned out to be the Twitter equivalent of bat flipping a ball that got caught on the wall because Seth Rollins then comes back out with a sledgehammer and attacks Cody Rhodes. Why? I still have no earthly idea. And I will ask the question that I asked a million times. What was the point of Seth Rollins attacking Cody Rhodes last night? Because when they shook hands in the ring, they were done. That was the, the right off into the sunset moment. Didn't need to write Cody Rhodes off for an injury. He's having pectoral surgery on Wednesday. What was the point of having Seth Rollins attack him again last night, FP3? This seemed like overkill to me. Because they wanted Cody probably was like, no, let's do an angle for a heel to get some heat. Uh, since I'm going to have to go out anyway, you can't even do any more damage. If you attack my shoulder and Cody was talking, he was like, I'm, I'm thinking about winning the money in the bank in four weeks. So they needed to do something to, to take that away from our mind because Cody made that an important part of his promo. So they had to wipe that away. But it could have been Kevin Owens. It could have been any heel. It could have been Judgment Day. It could have been <laughs> anybody he... who wanted to keep him out of the Money in the Bank ladder. Yeah, it could have been anyone. It did not need to be Seth Rollins. But what I got from all of this is that <laughs> Seth Rollins, there's one or two things that's going to happen. I know Queen Mo put one of them. Seth Rollins is going to win uh, the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship and heel versus Cody Rhodes, who wins the Royal Rumble at WrestleMania, and Cody will beat him for the title there. Or the better option, Cody Rose comes back. He wins the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship, and Seth Rollins cashes in money in the bank on him and takes away the dream or cashes in in the match that Cody is having and takes mm. away his dream. Either or, I think that's the better option you brought up. Seth Rollins possibly winning Money in the Bank yesterday. I wasn't into it. Uh, I I do agree that Cody beat him three times in a row. Like, he did not need, we do not need to see Cody and Seth again. Yes, no. they had three great matches, but I kind of want to see Cody do versus other people. Like, literally, I anybody. Don't see anybody, anybody, literally anybody. Anybody. I'd rather see Cody versus anyone. At this point, I didn't I didn't want Cody to come to WWE to verse one person at nauseum. Like he versed him three straight pay-per-views, and now the feud you set up for his return in a few months is against the same guy. Really? Really? This to me was the like I said, this was the slam dunk. You needed somebody to replace Cody Rhodes as a babyface. Seth was it. It was right there. You shook hands. That's the start of it. Not that he has to be a baby face from that point on, but that's the start. And the other thing that I liked about that last night before he came back out with a sledgehammer is I don't want Seth Rollins to be 100% asshole. Last night, before he came out with a sledgehammer, that made him a, a more well-rounded character. That there was actually some good deep down in him. Darth Vader ain't nearly as compelling unless there was actually good buried down inside him. Last night, what we got was Darth Vader without the good in him. Like Anakin Skywalker is dead and buried deep inside Seth Rollins because he has nothing. How can you possibly ever turn him babyface again after that moment last night? You can't. That's almost like a point of no return. He doesn't have to be babyface next Monday, but if you show a little bit of his human side, if you show a little bit of that Anakin Skywalker side of him, the good side, the, the force side, not the Sith side. I'm making so many Star Wars references, and if y'all don't know Star Wars, I apologize. All right? But you're showing a little bit of that there. And you can build off of that, and by the time SummerSlam or, or the Carter show rolls around, Yes, he could be a baby face or even later this fall, he could be that baby face. The crowd wants to cheer for him anyway every time he's out there because they enjoy the work that he's doing. 
that was the logical choice. You could have turned Seth babyface. He could be the one to cash in money in the bank on Roman Reigns because that's still some unfinished storyline that you guys just left hanging after day one last year or earlier this year, excuse me. And then, yeah, when Cody comes back six months from now, you can pick up right where you guys left off still even then. Have Cody Rhodes win the Royal Rumble, and then guess what? In the lead up to WrestleMania, you can turn Seth heel again. There were other ways that you could have done this. It should have been Seth Rollins. That would have been the slam dunk, and then that way you could kept Judgment Day on the same path that they were. But instead, they decided to blow up whatever the hell they were doing with them and keep Seth Rollins doing, doing what? What does Seth Rollins do now? Who feuds with Seth Rollins? Because Seth Rollins is now your top heel. So you would assume he'd be feuding with your top baby face, which is Edge now. Are we really going to do Seth and Edge again? No, probably Rollins versus Lashley or something like that. Yeah, well, Lashley's got to lose to Austin Theory first. Because Austin <laughs> Theory might be set up for a big match at SummerSlam, which we will get to momentarily. But one thing I did want to get to. And feel free to to chime in. Uh, True heel Romeo saying babyface Seth makes me want to throw up. No, thanks. I get it. Seth makes a better heel than he makes babyface, but it made the most sense given the circumstances. This, and I'm this all about the, making sense. This is the same dude, Romeo, who thinks babyface Charlie works. So oh, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't take. I wouldn't oh, take, that is would, a hot take that makes would, no sense. I wouldn't take too much uh, <laughs> validation in, in that. I, here's the thing. I can see Romeo's face. The second you said that, like I saw the look on his face. <laughs> the second that you said that. Oh, good stuff. I'm sorry. I, I will have to disagree with you on that one. Uh, baby, baby face Charlotte does not work any ever, ever, ever. Period. Doesn't mean she's not one of the goats, but baby face Charlotte just does not work. The other option, by the way, I brought up the word lazy, right? I brought up the word lazy earlier because it's like, oh, well, Edge is an established monster baby face that'll be the easiest let's just plug him in edge was the lazy choice you could actually like try to establish somebody new we brought up finn balor we brought up aj styles we brought up you know all these other guys who have been established who have won world titles why don't you take this opportunity now maybe try to elevate somebody who i think everybody has been ready to see in a singles capacity somebody who has potential to be a top level star and see if you can turn that potential into what's the word i'm looking for here um actuality reality take potential turn into reality see what they got one person that i have constantly had my eye on for the last few years as everybody else has who says this guy has got it and this is a guy by the way who recently has been building himself like he is a singles main event star. Montez Ford has put on so much damn muscle in the last few months. His trunks don't fit no more. Did you see him wrestle last night? His ass was hanging out because his pants were falling off because the pants were too tight. He is getting so damn ripped, but he can still do all the crazy shit. And I'm sitting there going, I'm like, why not just let Montez off the leash? Him and Dawkins. You don't have to break him up, but just give him some solo stuff. You ain't doing anything with him in the tag team division. Do we really think they're going to beat the Usos after getting their big countout win last night? No, I don't. Maybe they're going to bring the Dirty Dogs back and put the tag team titles on them. Baby face Dirty Dogs. We don't have a whole lot of time to get into that today, but that's a thing we saw last night. They're going to feud with Omos now. Cool. But I'll ask you, with Cody out, should it have been time to let Montez off the leash and see what he can do, him and Angelo Dawkins for that matter? Because Dawkins is a ton of untapped potential that nobody talks about. Uh, Montez Ford is great, but I think that he's getting ready for his eventual singles turn. I don't think he's quite ready yet. Um, I think that he has all the potential in the world, and I feel like, but he's very much needed and the Street Profits is needed in the tag team division. They are the second most established tag team now that RK Bro is not a thing with Riddle, 
on his own and Randy Orton out with injury. So you need that type of tag team. And, you know, the makeshift tag teams like Riddle and Shinsuke Nakamura, they're good for one title shot or yep. a title shot, a title defense against the storyline title shot. Yeah, that's all fine and dandy, but you need an established tag team that you can always go back to. Street Profits meet that bill. So Street Profits and the Usos, they might want to get a few pay-per-view defenses out of this feud because their tag team division doesn't run too deep on either brand. That's why they brought the Dirty Dogs back. They brought the Dirty Dogs back. They're baby faces now, so that means they can face the Usos. I'm telling you, that's coming sooner rather than later. They did kind of tease some kind of an alliance between Cedric Alexander and Lashley last night before Lashley made it known that he was going after the WWE Championship. So, but he, I guess he's going to, so here's the thing, right? Lashley's one of these guys. He was so over in Chicago. Maybe he could be that top level baby face. Joshua brings up Riddle as another option as well. He challenged Roman Reigns. So I think they're setting it up to where they're going to have the next couple of guys get fed to Roman Reigns. We're going to get Riddle fed to Roman Reigns and we're going to get Lashley fed to Roman Reigns and we're going to get Lashley fed to Roman Reigns possibly after being fed to Austin Theory because they tried to set something up with the the United States Championship Lashley ain't going to be the guy to take the title off of Theory they should have had Mustafa Ali be the guy I was down with your booking they should have had him win in Chicago but then you saw what happened that might have been the most egregious thing that happened on the show last night after he had custom gear, after he had a United States Championship shot, after he wrestled a fantastic match in his hometown, my dude Mustafa Ali was back on main event this week. Didn't even get a follow-up last night. Wasn't even on the damn show. Didn't even chase after the 24-7 championship. He was wrestling in a tag team match on main event. That's what they had Mustafa Ali doing this week. But regardless, Austin Theory was on. For some reason, he came down to do a flex-off with Bobby Lashley and, and and cower away when he said, hey, you haven't beaten me. And Lashley went, yeah, well, fight me. And he's like, nah, that was the entire segment last night because that's, that's WWE writing that makes sense uh, in a nutshell. Um, so you guys can throw out Lashley and Riddle and you guys throw all of that out there. But what I'm seeing is these guys are being set up to get fed to Roman Reigns and possibly even Austin Theory. Why do I say Lashley has no chance for Austin Theory? Because here is the other major announcement that was made last night, saving the biggest announcement for last. John Cena will be making his return to WWE on his 20th anniversary of his main roster debut, the whole ruthless aggression, Monday Night Raw, June 27th. He will be back on Raw. There have been a lot of teases, if you pay attention to social media, a lot of teases between Austin Theory and John Cena and that United States Championship, that might be the big match heading into SummerSlam. So I will ask you, SP3, yes or no, John Cena should defeat Austin Theory to win the United States Championship. Mm, yeah, why not? Why not? I'm all for John Cena having a reason to stick around, having a reason yes. to be here. And the last time the United States Championship was worth the damn, the last two times was when Bobby Lashley got established being the United States Champion as the Almighty with MVP in his corner, creating the Hurt Business and John Cena's U.S. Championship Open Challenge. That was the last time that the United States Championship was guaranteed to give you at least one good match every single show, whether it be on pay-per-view, whether it be a Monday Night Raw. It did not matter. It was when John Cena had that championship. So I know there's the people that's like, John Cena's coming back. Of course, he's coming back just a job to somebody. But I'm sorry. You did that last time. You did that last time where Cena just came back to job out to to Roman Reigns. This you man know the last had 12, 12 matches, and the only time only time it was on TV, it was against Roman at SummerSlam. How do you have John Cena come back for a whole month and work all these matches, and most of them are not on TV, and then the one match he has, he loses. And the last time before that, he just came back to put over the fiend in, in the Firefly Funhouse. And the time before that, he just came back to hopscotch the WWE Championship in 2017. No, no, the, actually, that was the time before he came back just a job to The Undertaker, the old-ass taker who should be under Michelle McCool. He had to be The Undertaker again. 
at WrestleMania 34 and he jobbed out to him in like three minutes. Yeah. Uh, no. Do you know the last John time Cena John Cena? Do you know the last time John Cena won a televised one-on-one match? Um, no. Trivia question. Triple H in Saudi Arabia in 2018. It's been four years since John Cena has won a televised one-on-one match. His last win on television was in a six-man tag match in 2019, early 2019. John Cena has buried many a superstars in his day. I'm not saying he's going to bury Austin Theory, but do I think that Austin Theory is ready right now to beat John Cena if this match happens? No, I don't. And I don't think it hurts him to have John Cena win this match either. And yes, to your point, you kind of stole my point. You stole my thunder there a little bit. John Cena was back for a whole damn month, had 13 some odd matches. One of them was televised. That's a weird choice for WWE. He had some great promo exchanges with Roman Reigns. I was there for one of them in in Cleveland. It was great. Loved every second of it. I believe that was the infamous missionary position night. Um, you know, but like, like it was really, really good. Utilize this man on television in matches. If he's got to be wrestling matches, utilize him. Bring back the open challenge for a month, two, maybe even three. If he's got if he's got the open time, have him come out every Monday and have an open challenge with guys like with guys like Finn Balor and guys like Montez Ford and and riddle like you have some really fun united states matches and then you know what if you want theory to beat him have him beat him at the end acing and bring back john cena for uh you know the intercontinental championship run i believe that would make him a grand slam champion because he's never won the ic title i wouldn't mind that either but i think it makes more sense uh, to challenge theory for the united states title so yes the answer to the question is yes bring him back beat austin theory matter of fact embarrass Austin three, have him go back crying hands and fists to Vince McMahon. Like what? Uh, what? It's like my new John Cena just lost to my old John Cena. So now he's got to make it up to stepdad. There's a whole storyline you could tell there. Seriously. I'm waiting. I'm like, I'm waiting for somebody from oh, message. Is it Stanford? No, it's not. Uh, anyway, I'm waiting for somebody to call me about my, uh, my, I quit idea which everybody seemed to love. I thought they were going to book it last night. I really did. We got KO and Ezekiel again. I thought they were going to book it for like a half damn second, and they didn't do it. They got my hopes up twice last night that I might know what I'm talking about. Nope. Just proves again that I got better ideas than WWE creative. Uh, we appreciate you guys, which is sad to say, because most of my ideas suck. Uh, and I'm very well aware of that. We thank you guys so much for tuning in to this live edition. Thank you guys for the comments and everything. Uh, SB3 and I will be back 7 a.m. on Thursday to break down a huge AEW Dynamite. We got the Battle Royal to start off. Then we got the main event between John Moxley and the winner of that Battle Royal, who will go on to Forbidden Door to challenge for the interim AEW World Championship. Going to be a lot to talk about coming out of that show. Myself and Jeremy Bennett will be back tomorrow talking about NXT. Woo! Tomorrow, 7 a.m., NXT review show. Myself and Jeremy Bennett, thank you guys so much. Don't forget, check out my pinned tweet. Get you guys registered for Summer Slam tickets. I don't know why I'm talking like this, but do it. Just do it. For SB3, Ricky Chino. This has been the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast live edition on a Tuesday. Enjoy the rest of your day. We've been brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.